Welcome to That's Orgasmic, a podcast discussing the orgasmic and not-so-orgasmic moments of all things sex, relationships, and mental health. I am your host, Emily Duncan, and I'm a sexologist who provides online sex coaching sessions to help you cultivate sexual wellness. This podcast is being recorded on Wadawurrung land. We pay our respect to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past and present. We extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Please enjoy this episode. Today I'm joined with Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers, who is a licensed sex and gender feminist psychotherapist, best-selling author, researcher, Emirati professor, and media personality whose expertise spans sex therapy, spiritual intimacy, parenting, medicine, and social justice. So this is part two of a two-part episode. So if you haven't already listened to part one, I definitely recommend doing that. It gives a bit of context and we really just unpack how to talk to your kids about sex. In this episode, we're breaking down different scenarios that you may encounter if you have children. So these scenarios are walking in on your child masturbating or your child finding one of your sex toys or also walking in on your child being sexual with somebody else. These are things that we have heard are quite common. So we have broken them down for you and how you can best respond. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, Shaggers. I have a few scenarios I'd like to like run through with you um, when it comes to different like stages of kids that I think are common or I've heard about it at least. The ages might be different or, you know, slightly different, but I thought if I could, you know, give you a little spiel and then how would be best to respond or what you think would be like a good option for parents who I feel like when they hear these things, they're like, I don't know and oh, I don't want to deal with that. And first one, which we've kind of touched on a bit is so like you've caught, let's say like your 12 year old watching porn. What do we do? It makes us feel uncomfortable and we're like, right. oh, you shouldn't be so- watching that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I actually tell a story in um, in the first book, uh, in the Sex God and Conservative Church book, of, of finding a 13-year-old, you know, a parent finding a 13-year-old um, who's been watching porn. You know, I I think what you do is you w- wait and have the conversation, you know, when the, when the child can be present. So in other words, if you walk in and they're closing their computer really quick, say, sorry, I should have knocked... Um, and, and, um, and I just got reminded of a conversation we ought to have, <laughs> you know, and then, and then you could say, you know, can we take a, a bit of time might take 20 minutes or so to have a conversation tonight about something that I, I haven't talked to you about yet that I need to talk to you about that I want to talk to you about. And then you could say, you know, you're at an age where um, you may become curious with sexual content that's on the internet, or it may pop up You may see it, or you may be hearing about it from your friends, but we haven't talked about it yet. And I do want to talk about it because we use the word pornography. It's about adult entertainment. Um, It is uh, important that you understand some things about it. One, it's entertainment. It's not reality. Um, It is by entertainment. It's trying to get you or inviting you to feel something. You're a sexual being. It's a wonderful part of you. 
and it may stir that up in you. Um, some people even masturbate while they are watching this. But what I want you to be clear about is that this is um, not how to have relationships with others necessarily. So again, if I'm talking to a kid that's straight, right? If I'm talking to a boy that's straight, then I'm going to get really clear with them about how women are treated and what they're noticing, how bodies are and what they're noticing and how that is similar and different to what is in reality. In reality, we, we fall for a person and all of what they look like and who they are, right? And we have to learn to accommodate them and us as we create the relationship. Pornography, and I will explain this, if pornography is put together as entertainment for a male gaze based on what men think, but not based on what makes a relationship work, right? There's woman's voice isn't in there. Her pleasure often isn't in there. What she wants, how she wants to be treated. These are all these things are not in those scenes. And yet they are incredibly important when we craft our own relationship, right? And so I, I really want to make the distinction between entertainment and whatever. The other distinction that I'll make somewhere in those years in 13, 14, 15, is I want to talk about what's the difference between free pornography and ethical pornography. Free pornography is just that it's free, but in order for it to be free, people are, are often... Um, uh, solicited for at around 18, taken to places like Miami, where we don't have to, where they don't have to use prophylactics. At least that's the way it was. I'm not sure if it is right now, but it was that way. And then they are put in increasingly more, uh, sometimes dangerous situations as the time goes on that they're there. And many are completely burned out by, and they're exploited by three months into it, right? It can be very, an awful situation. Where in ethical pornography, adults are deciding that this is what they want to do. They're being paid a fair wage. There's safety protocols on set. There's food and water and all that on set. They're often deciding what they want to participate in and not participate in with regard to scenes. So it's a different kind of situation. And there's not exploitation, mm -hmm. typically. Now, we can't say yeah. 100%, but typically. Yeah. And that's why people pay for it because these other considerations are being made. And so my recommendation to, you know, a 13, 14, 15 year old is if you are going to look at pornography, that you pay for it, that you look for something where people are being treated well, because exploitation is not okay in our world, in our family. It's just not a way to live. And it's not something that I support. And just be really clear. Like, I just don't, no, no, no human wants to be exploited. So if that's the case, then we not we need to not exploit or support exploitive practices. When so you say it's a, to, it's, so again, it's a more complex conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, when you say to pay for it, are you there for like, let's say if we've got like a fifteen year old and they don't, let's say they have a job yet, would it then be them being like asking their parents, hey, can you pay for this, or like what does that look like? Because yeah. I can imagine that would make some parents feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, sure. It would. And again, some parents are like, no, I'd rather my kid go underground and not tell me about it. Right. But again, I think that's the kind of conversation to say is like, you know, you've got an imagination. You don't have to look at porn to move through your arousal cycle. You could use all kinds of other things. If you're wanting to use porn, however, 
then I want to talk about how you'll pay for it. You know, because again, you making choices to not exploit others is important to me. So let's talk about that, you know, and just inviting it to the surface to have the conversation, you know, ask them, what do they, what do you think? If you're not earning your own money, what do you think? Do you want to use your imagination? Do you want to, do you feel like it's going to be too much of a temptation to look at something where people are exploited? You tell me, because I want you, and I, I used to use this language with my own kids. You're now writing your own sexual health story. I think it's one of the most important stories of your life. I want you to love your story. Whenever you're telling a future partner or even your future children about your own sexual health story, I want you to feel good about it. But that means thinking about things beforehand and not Mm -hmm. just reacting. So what do you want to do with this? So, you know, and I will say some parents think I'm nuts to even have this conversation with you, but it's a part of your world. And I think we need to deal with it because it's a part of your world. I'd rather you deal with it with me than just your friends, because your friends are going to say it doesn't matter. That you can look at exploitive material and go through your arousal cycle, which is a powerful reward system in your brain over and over and over again. And it's not going to affect you and your life and your relationships later. And I, I don't know that that's true. So it's it's that kind of honesty. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's really important. Um, the next scenario I had here, if you have time, um, was so you've got like a – you've got a six-year-old and they found your vibrator and they're like, what is this? What's this toy that we've got here? And they want to play with it. What do you recommend saying back to them instead of just slapping their hand and going, oh my God, don't touch that. No, no, no. It's a great toy. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful Ikea commercial back from, I don't even know how long, but this little boy finds a, a vibrator and turns it on and giggles himself silly. And then the, the frame that comes across says tidy up, you know, it's very sweet. Um, I think you just say that's, that's mama's toy. Well, that's whoever, you know, that's, yeah. that's my toy. And well, how does it work? Well, you turn it on and you put it on their skin. It says it feels good. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to tell them at six. That's all you yeah. need to tell them that it's yours. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to know if it's used for it, it's because it tickles and put it on their elbow, put it on their arm, put it on whatever. You don't have to tell them, yet about vibrators if you don't want to you can wait until much much later when they are finally starting to put two and two together right and you're you've had some conversations about actual sexuality and sexual relating and sexual pleasure and stuff like that and and then you can say yeah this is makes it a little bit easier sometimes for girls teenagers women to feel this wonderful part of their body and i you know I draw pictures of the whole clitoris inside and outside. And I'm like, it's an amazing, amazing organ. And it is there Mm -hmm. for your pleasure. It has no other purpose. So I know that your pleasure is important to whoever created you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think it's really important to, you know, even just like, as you said, turning it on, showing them, because I know myself and a lot of people, if you're like, oh, don't touch that. You're not allowed to find that. You're like, all right, I need to go back and find this. What is this thing that I'm not allowed to touch and play <laughs> sure. with? Like, I feel like it just breeds curiosity. Yeah. It's like, why, why, why can't, why can't I? It's like when someone says, yeah. "Don't poke me." It's like, I want to poke you. <laughs> yeah, 
That's exactly right. And but when you give them a straight answer that's age that's age appropriate, it doesn't scare them. It's right where they mm-hmm. understand. Like I was just suggesting, you know, they're like, oh, okay. So yeah. what? You know, like and if they get if they pick it up again, you can be like, so what were you using it for? Oh, I'm sticking it in my ear. Or I was like, okay, but I really want it to stay upstairs in mommy's room. It's really not yeah. your toy, it's mommy's toy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, they'll get it. Yeah. And again, when you don't have shame, you can say that. When you have a lot of shame, you go, oh, no, (laughs) you know, and then you react from that place. That's why I want people to just notice what happens in their body. And if they feel that happening, to just take a deep breath. I had one, one friend say to me, just put on a happy face with your kid, even if you don't know what to do. Take a deep breath and go, oh, huh, interesting. Tell me more. I don't know. Just don't, you know, just don't react because that will help them just move on. Right. Understand and move on. Yeah. And I, with, I guess, uh, feeling that shame, I had one more scenario that I thought often will bring up shame for people is let's say if you have like, you know, a 14, 15, maybe even 13 year old and you walk in on them being sexual with another person, which happens all the time. And you thought they weren't sexually active and you're like surprised, hurt, angry because they haven't told you and you thought maybe you created a safe space. um, And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this. How do we approach that conversation without, you know, just shaming them and being like, you should not be yeah. doing that or expressing I your know. own feeling. I know. <laughs> I actually begin the shameless parenting book with that story. Mm-hmm. With the story, I got contacted by a mom and a dad that I know. And they said, oh my gosh, we just found out that our daughter who's 14 is sexually active. We are dying. We feel like moving our, our family out of the city Like, we just don't even know what to do, but we thought we'll talk to you before we talk to her. And I'm like, I love you guys. Thank you so much. And I tell the whole story of how I walked them through it. And, and it's just, again, it's asking the kinds of questions that come up when you don't have shame in your way. Shame is like, I fucked up. I know it. My kid's doing this because of me. I, oh, I should have been more strict. I should have, da, da, da. We should all over ourselves. Shame is not our friend in that moment, right? And so what I walk them through is the kinds of questions that a 14-year-old actually really needs from their parents when they've made that decision, right? And I'm like, you've done nothing wrong. You've loved your child well. And she's growing herself up faster than she probably means to. Some kids grow themselves up faster. Some grow themselves up slower. I often think that the kids that are growing themselves up faster are just very innovative thinkers. They often are really creative kind of go-getters, right? And, but they still need some help there, right? So I, I you know, offer things like, um, why, why was this the person? And why now? Why did she feel she was ready? Is there any piece of it she doesn't feel ready for? Does she feel like if she wanted out of the relationship, she could get out easily without that person putting them on social media? Or what if they didn't want to have sex? Because sometimes when we start having sex intercourse, um, then they don't want to go back to anything else that we used to enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. So how do they think they would react if they were to say 
that they wanted something different? Does it seem like the kind of person who could listen and respect her? You know, just like questions like this. And then I talk about the, the, what I see the value of waiting is, it's not about trying to make their life not as much fun. It's really about raising their standards. So like if, if I was going to ask a 14 year old, place a violin in a 14 year old's hand for the first time and say, play me a song, right? It's going to be right where they are, right? Right at that beginning stage of learning about how you hold it and how you do the whole, right? All of it. If I hand that same violin to somebody who's been practicing for 10 years, I'm going to get something very different. So the quality of music we're able to create with someone else is going to improve based on how much we've grown up, how much we know our own sexuality in our body, know what we like, what we don't like, how comfortable and brave we feel saying what we want and don't want, how much we're willing to walk away from something we don't want, right? It's all of these other things that when I bring all that maturity and somebody else brings that much maturity, we're able to have a much usually more fun, connected, communicative, consensual, sexual experience together, right? And so I'm like, the only reason that we often recommend that you wait a little while is just so you give yourself time to learn about how magnificent you are and your body and what you love. And then also how to be brave with your friends, you know, and let your friends grow up so that they're not jerks still, you know, at 17 or, you know, that they've really grown to be more graceful themselves. And they understand people are different and everybody doesn't like what they like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of walked through this whole thing with the parents and they took two days to talk together and work about it. Then they picked her up from school early one day and they spent two hours talking with her and she crawled into her dad's lap and said, I'm not ready for this. I need your help to help me get out of it. And I do want to wait a little while. I mean, it just was the beginning of them having much more reasonable conversations with her as opposed to ones that were driven by shame. Yeah, And, you know, then the next three, the three or four years after that were so much better for this family and with their daughter. And now she's off in college doing great. You know, making her own choices from her own place of knowing as opposed to, ah, it's what I think I should do, you know. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's great advice. So Um, anyway, it is a common thing and it's not anything that they're doing wrong, but they, but the kid needs, they need, they need them to be able to provide some guidance and love and curiosity and support. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if they have questions, because it could be that they do still want to keep doing it and they were enjoying it, but they don't actually, they want to have it better or, you know, just random questions that come along with sex. Right. Exactly, exactly. And and we need to probably talk about birth control and protection and, you know, how many partners and, you know, that kind of, just all that kind of stuff, you know. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So much good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Now, I finish all my recordings with the question, what's something that's orgasmic to you, which can be absolutely anything? Um, it's usually pretty orgasmic for me to sit in my hot tub with my partner and drink some Grand Marnier. Just enjoy like ourselves. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I want to thank you for coming on. And before finishing up, I just would love to know where can people get your books, your resources, um, and where they can find you. Yeah. So books are at most booksellers, um, Amazon for sure. Um, so the first one, Sex, God, and the Conservative Church, Erasing Shame from Sexual Intimacy. And um, especially important for people who've been exposed to abstinence education or to purity movement in any way. It's going to explain things you wish you knew 20 years, 25 years ago. Um, and um, and then uh, Shameless Parenting, Everything You Need to Raise Shame-Free, Confident Kids and Heal Your Shame Too is also on Amazon. The books are referenced on my website, which is uh, com. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Tina Shameless, or you can find my institute, which trains in sexual health. You can find it at NW Institute on Intimacy um, or nwioi.com, either of those places. Yeah, and if you're interested in the handouts that I have for professionals, um, they're also on my website too, under the, I think the store tab to learn more about them. There. Amazing. So that's it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. I know this is going to be super, super helpful for honestly all adults who are around children, which is everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Emily. I've loved being here with you. It was a fun conversation. As always, Shaggers, please reach out with any comments, questions, or stories either to my Instagram at that's orgasmic or my email at emilyduncan at that'sorgasmic.com. Please leave a review as it means the world to me and helps this podcast reach more people and subscribe whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast so you never miss an episode. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>